This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, episode number 128. This week's episode is brought to you by Bayleaf Sports Activewear. Bayleaf Sports gives you today's new technologies such as compression, improved airflow, and lightweight materials in all of its products. High quality at affordable prices and use my code, Dr. Bond, and receive 15% off anytime you order from Bayleaf Sports. Go to bayleaf.com. That's B-A-L-E-A-F.com. Now, before we begin, please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And also, uh, I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, my guest this week is Tara Stiles, a wellness expert, best-selling author, and the founder of Strala Yoga. The Strala approach combines yoga, Tai Chi, and traditional Chinese and Japanese medicine to help people release stress, heal, let go of negative habits, and move more easily through everyday challenges. I love that, and this is why I have her on today, because I want to learn all these things. Also, Tara's best-selling books, which have been translated and published in multiple languages, include Strala Yoga, Make Your Own Rules Diet, Yoga Cures, and this is a great one, Slim Calm Sexy Yoga, and she has been featured in the New York Times, Vogue, L, Harper's Bazaar, and Shape, just to name a few. And Tara's work has been used in a case study by Harvard University as she is a sought-after speaker on topics of entrepreneurship, health, and well-being. And Tara works with the Alliance for a Healthier Generation, an initiative with the American Heart Association that combats childhood obesity in order to bring Strala classes to more than 30,000 schools around the United States. She also supports the Box program, which delivers the Strala classes and well-being resources to educators across North America. Well, her newest book and what we are going to talk about today, Clean Mind, Clean Body, a 28-day plan for physical, mental, and spiritual self-care will be released this December. So ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome our guest this week, Tara Stiles. Welcome to the show. Oh my goodness, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk with you. Well, yeah, this is great. I mean, I have uh, relatives uh, that uh, do yoga. My daughter loves doing a yoga. So this is going to be uh, uh, something that they're all wanting to will listen to and want to know more about. But tell us about your new book, Clean Mind, Clean Body. What inspired you to write it? Uh, sure. Well, you know, just being in the in the world of leading yoga for for so long and wanting to help first of all myself feel better and my family and anybody else that wants to come along for the ride i just noticed in the last you know 5 or 10 years the wellness industry becoming so hectic and sort of as a result of that is a lot of people that i that i know and we're talking to are feeling almost stressed out in order to be healthy and and you know we all kind of know yoga is good for us, Tai Chi is good for us, we should eat better, we should do these things. But, you know, we're kind of trying too many things and too quickly, and, and we're forgetting that we're actually the main ingredient. So Clean Mind, Clean Body is all about slowing down, trying a few things, realizing that you're the main ingredient to your wellness. You can learn yoga, you can learn Tai Chi, you can learn 
how to cook better and how to eat better, but it only actually works if you're comfortable and it feels like you and you're following a natural rhythm to, to your own life. So, you know, hopefully it's not a gimmick, another gimmick. I know we don't need that. It's not another, you know, quick fix to something, but it's, but it's really, you know, maybe a permission slip for people to, to do these things in a way that actually feel good for them instead of trying to be good at all of the wellness things. I agree with that. And I, I think you should have, um, I think you should have brought this book out about a year ago. <laughs> it probably been perfect yeah. as the, the follow through, to the uh, with the with the pandemic, everybody either being shut in at home uh, to you know because that, that's the time where you can actually learn things and I, and I know that this year's been you know I think it's the strangest year of of mankind but uh, a lot of people either stepped up into their health and then there's others that just kind of let it go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we hear about the jokes of people gaining pandemic weight, but then there are those who really said, hey, you know, if I'm stuck at home, uh, let me find ways to exercise and, and move. And did you did you yourself, did you see an, an uptick in people getting interested in yoga? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I think more more in the mental sort of scramble for needing something to do and you know, everybody's heard, like you said at the beginning, oh, I have somebody that I know at my, my relatives do yoga, even if you don't feel like you're that person who's going to jump and do it, you know, maybe at the beginning of a quarantine is a, a good time to try, you know, just for your mental sort of um, well-being and to have something in your schedule that's actually good for you. And, you know, the way that I always love to share yoga is, you know, who cares if you can touch your toes, if you can breathe, you can do yoga. And it's really important to, to feel good in the process and, and not be rigid. So if you, if you notice that you're trying to do the pose as a goal, kind of let go of that and allow yourself to, to breathe and to really feel good. Um, you know, I'm from a small town in the Midwest. And when I first started getting interested in yoga, my parents said, you know, what, what are you doing? You're going to turn out to be a big snob and you're going to forget about us. <laughs> they had this whole, you know, which I agree with this whole misconception that yoga makes you kind of morally superior. And it, it really, you know, I'm really hoping to change that reputation with yoga, or at least be a part of that change and, and help people feel good through this kind of um, tried and true practice of, of yoga. You know, I, I'm really, you know, you're probably the first uh, yoga person that actually sounds normal. And, uh, <laughs> and that's a compliment. And it's funny because, you know, um, a lot of people, I think in a way, even I, I have kind of felt guilty because I can't touch my toes. And, um, and I've always kind of wondered, how long does it take to go through all of the yoga exercises to finally be able to touch your toes. And, and let me ask you this, because I don't really get a straight answer from a lot of people when it comes yeah. to yoga. If someone is going to begin yoga or strala yoga, um, how long, you know, how long should you start a session just in the beginning? I mean, is it five minutes, 15, 30? Yeah, I think, I think just five minutes getting on the ground and connecting to yourself is great. But, you know, I'll really tell you the reason why people bounce out of yoga so much is because they they either feel like they're being told by the instructor that they need to touch their toes or they feel like that message is coming from the inside 
And, you know, really, it's not supposed to be like that somehow, because we're humans, we have these goals of these ridiculous poses that are meant for circus performers in a way. And for you yourself, <laughs> yeah. if, if you're a cyclist, you know, you don't you don't want to have super open hamstrings, you want to have your body be able to work for you the best that it can. So I really think there's a huge opportunity you know, to, to share with people in a way that yoga can bring balance to yourself. So forget about being able to touch your toes as a goal, just bend your knees a little bit so you can get a nice release in your hips and your back and an emotional release. Something will happen there that will be, you know, unique to you, but, but really yoga can be this whole holistic whole body release and also strength building and balance. It shouldn't really be about gaining flexibility in your muscles, you know, only and specifically. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that um, really kind of piqued my interest about all of this is because I, how did you combine yoga and Tai Chi, especially? You know, I've seen, you know, people do Tai Chi. I think there's something very powerful with that. So yeah. how did you combine those those two together? Yeah, well, I grew up doing contemporary dance and ballet and things like that. And so we had yoga in my program. I just got lucky. And um, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And then when I started um, taking other yoga classes, I, I would experience more rigidity in the class or, you know, it was about doing the pose. And I felt because I think I had a great yoga teacher in the beginning, I felt that more sense of ease and um, moving like water and freedom and, and the goal not being the pose, but the whole process of the flow being the goal. And, uh, you know, I started being interested in Tai Chi, just reading books about it and then, and then taking some classes and practices. And then I thought, well, this is how I feel about the form of yoga. So when I started to lead yoga, I was leading it in this kind of Tai Chi way. It doesn't look super different than a yoga class, except you feel like you belong there, you feel invited, it doesn't, you know, it's not kind of doubly dogmatic all of a sudden. But it's really, yeah. you know, people usually say, I don't, I don't usually say, oh, I'm going to teach you Tai Chi and yoga, because that just gets people in their head. I just, you know, get people down on the ground, you roll around, you connect with your breath and body together. And people always feel like, good, something good happened for them. And, you know, they're able to do more with with less tension and less rigidity. And, and Tai Chi is, you know, such a, a beautiful art form. But, you know, the, the problem for most people is it's just on your feet. And people love yoga because you get to get down on the ground. You get to roll around. You can do something on, on one leg. You can balance. So you have has a much more rich form vocabulary. But the principles of Tai Chi are much um, more full and holistic in that way. Yeah, it's kind of like Bruce Lee saying, be water. Exactly. Be water, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so. You made that popular, it, so we got to keep it going. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and you know, and I think that there is, there's something so powerful of both of those, the, the yoga, the Tai Chi, but also, too, people need to learn to breathe. And I, and I heavily believe in breathing exercises. Oh, my gosh. Breathe. If people would learn breathing exercises, it's amazing how much healing can come to their body. Mm. Yeah. And the coolest thing that I really learned from Tai Chi that affected my whole life, but also practicing yoga and leading yoga is what happens to allow us to breathe. And if we're rigid in yoga, if we're rigid in life, I mean, as soon as we're stressed out and freaked out, we hold our breath and we tighten everything and we can't breathe. But when we're soft, and really it's almost an action of softening or allowing yourself to be 
movable, just like water, where you would bend your knees a little bit and a little mechanical bend in your elbows and your joints, but really it's this kind of emotional softening of yourself. And then your breath starts to move you and move through you. And that's why it's so beautiful to watch people that have done Tai Chi for so long. It doesn't even look like they're moving themselves. It looks like, you know, the air is moving them or something kind of mystical or magical, but really their breath is is propelling their body into motion. And we can do that in, in sort of all of life. I just don't think it's become popular yet for some reason, but I think we're ready now. <laughs> to, yeah, to I think, I think we're ready. We need it. <laughs> yeah, we do need it. We do need it. And, you know, let me ask you this, because what is your biggest piece of advice for people who struggle to establish just a meditation practice? You know, it's trying to take that time to slow down. Yeah, well, I think, you know, my friend Malika Chopra said, I interviewed her in the book about meditation. She teaches great meditation all the time. And, and she said something really interesting is, is figure out why you want to meditate. And I thought, well, that's so interesting because we all know it's good for us, but it's almost like taking this vitamin, like, oh, I have to go take my vitamin. Right. <laughs> um, if, you're not, if you're not already interested in feeling the benefits and all of that. So I really like that question of, well, why do you want to do this? Is it because, you know, you want to be more calm or you want to be more focused with your family or more productive at work? And I think having that reason is really great. But then the, the actual practice of it, I think, doesn't have to be so complicated. And just like everything else, we've complicated meditation. There's a million different styles and a million different things you could be reciting in your head the whole time and, you know, different music you could listen to. And some people say, definitely do it in the morning. And some people say, no, no, you have to do it in the afternoon. So there's, you know, it can be stressful just to try to do it properly. But, but I think right. there's a great value in just allowing yourself to sit however is comfortable for you and coming back to that, you know, that almost Tai Chi way, which is more of kind of the, the mother, the father, however you want to look at it, of all of these, you know, kind of ancient wisdoms and allow yourself to soften and become movable. So then your breath can start to circulate through you and move through you. You know, a lot of people sit down to meditate and they've seen a picture somewhere of somebody sitting really rigidly with their fingers in a, in a mantra or something. And they try to do this thing that feels not natural to them at all. And you kind of miss the opportunity to be yourself and be comfortable, which I think is where the real, you know, the real meditation and the real yoga is anyway, it's kind of this match between you and you doing this, this amazing, beautiful practice, but it's really you doing the practice, not the practice kind of coming to you in that way. I love that. I mean, Tara, you're actually removing all of the guilt and shame that we may <laughs> feel. When, you know, you know, if, you, if we're doing yoga wrong or Tai Chi or oh. breathing exercises, you know, everything's a learning experience. So for a lot of people, if you, if you step forward to try it, just take your time. Don't don't feel like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I got to get this right. Like, there's no pressure. You know, yeah, you, you know, exactly. that, that's the thing. There's no pressure about it. So just take your time. But in yeah, your book, Clean. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in your book, Clean Mind, Clean Body, uh, you talk about East meets West. It's a East meets West diet. What is that? And why is this something you recommend? Oh, well, maybe this can um, help guilt around food and eating well and all of that, too. I have a lot to love to there. But, but I think, you know, what's so interesting about Ayurveda, and I was learning Ayurveda when I was learning yoga, too, kind of side by side. And honestly, I was 19 years old and super intimidated about it. And I thought that, you know, my conclusion was that I needed to learn how to cook Indian food and go to a culinary institute in order to do this correctly. So I just kind of put it aside for a long time. 
And later, later in my life, I started picking it up again and, and, and getting interested. And then it started to remind me of what, you know, my grandmother and great grandmother already do. And they're not Indian, they're from the Midwest, but they also, you know, live with the circadian <laughs> rhythm of the day. You know, this Ayurveda talks about, you know, having yeah. your, your biggest meal at noon with your family, kind of with the people in your life, um, eating locally with the seasons, not eating so much at night and taking a, taking a nice rest, but also waking up in the morning, you know, using food as medicine. So instead of, you know, you don't need to learn how to cook an Indian curry, you can also substitute um, that nourishment for warmth that you would need in the winter months with your, you know, your grandmother's favorite uh, vegetarian or chicken soup recipe. And, you know, I, I went around and I asked a bunch of Ayurvedic teachers something that I thought would get me kind of kicked out of their offices. I said, you, can you use your own culture's recipe, whether it's, you know, American culture, or, you know, Asian or anything, can you use what's in your family lineage and then take the, the wisdom from the teachings of Ayurveda and just do your own cooking? And everybody said yes, but they also said no one's ever asked that. <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> wow. I thought, this is so crazy because, you know, you know, I, I was in, we were in New York City for a long time. And I remember being in my early 20s around all of these yoga friends of mine and everybody would go to the Indian spice market and everybody started, you know, almost what we call now is cultural appropriation, kind of trying to become Indian in a way. And I said, this doesn't feel right to me. I can respect a culture but also learn from it without trying to, you know, pretend that I'm, I'm a cousin to somebody. So I thought maybe there's right. actual healing in, in learning from the wisdom of, of what, what different kinds of foods do for your body and do for your nourishment, learn from kind of living with the, the cycle of the day and, um, you know, maybe learn a little bit more about cooking and spices, but, um, but you can still make your grandmother's soup. And I think that that's so cool. <laughs> You know, it's amazing how the, the thought process has gotten to be so weird. It's almost like saying, well, you're not Italian, so you can't go to an Italian restaurant. You know, yeah. that's just dumb. <laughs> or if, if you go to an Italian restaurant, you know, that doesn't make you Italian. And, you know, I, it just reminds me of everybody on Twitter that's nothing but a hater and a troll. But, yeah, uh, but yeah it's just really crazy. But uh, I, I love the way you explain that and gosh ladies and gentlemen i won't tell you i mean i'll tell you right now you need to go get the book because it comes out this you know comes out december uh clean body clean mind this is something that you need we all need i'm going to get it i'm going to get the book myself because oh, i'm impressed good. already seriously <laughs> now the, my next question, this is something that 110% of the population needs to do right now. So what are some of your tips, Tara, for all of us to unplug and take a technology detox? And I think during the pandemic, we should have been doing that. But I think, unfortunately, it got worse. Yeah, it did get worse. And everybody, you know, of course, people's needs with their jobs and maybe school or, you know, online. And, you know, you have to still live your life in some way, but there, there really became this, I think even more, we don't even understand just the constant on a constant addiction to it. But, but I think similarly with, you know, with the movement and with yoga and with Tai Chi and eating, it's, you know, almost knowing, asking yourself the question of, well, what, what do I need to use this technology for? And when am I using it just to distract myself? Or when is it becoming a bad habit? And when is it useful? And I know when I have those 
constant, you know, questions with myself. I, I can understand when I'm doing something that's more distracting myself or when I'm doing something that's useful. So I don't think there's really a one size fit all of, you know, make sure you're, you know, you, you only have five hours a day of doing this or two hours doing that. But I think it becomes really clear when you take that responsibility for yourself and you say, well, I have, I have to work my job and I'm, I'm online for my job. And then if my, my kid has school, I, I, I'm with my, my child for school or, or whatever the situation is. And then maybe there's a little bit of obviously being informed or entertainment if you're watching a movie or something, but then just knowing, you know, when it goes too far and then having in your toolbox really these uh, practices to actually do things that help you really feel better instead of just scrolling and scrolling and getting more and more kind of worked up on social media, you can just put it down and crawl down to the ground and have a conversation with yourself or, you know, there's someone else in in your room of of what's actually going on. So you're not all just sitting there looking at your own screens, you know, which is so sad, but that's, that's kind of where, where we've gotten to. That's where we're at. I don't know if we need to, to blame Steve Jobs for that or not, but, uh, um, by putting that horrible device in our hands. But, you know, I've always heard that if people would take uh, 72 hours, and, I, and I've heard somebody say, if, if, you would, if you would go camping for 72 hours with no electronic device, you could actually reset your brain, reset your mind. And I think by incorporating the things that you teach, such as the Strala Yoga, you know, adding the yoga, the Tai Chi, um, and doing that, you know, to go out into the woods for 72 hours in camp and be away from technology, I think that would be, wow, that would be like a 72-hour vacation for the body, the mind, and the spirit. Oh, gosh, yeah. Let's let's arrange that right now for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think we wonderful. need to plan a retreat. <laughs> oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, sounds good. <laughs> but that's yeah. it. Well, let me ask you this, because, you know, you're, I, I love... The aspect, I love the method of your teaching of yoga, and how did you end up setting yourself apart from all the traditional teachers out there? Well, I, you know, I, I knew my first kind of thought when I started, when I took the first yoga class at my dance school was, wow, this is amazing. And my second thought was, why don't all my friends do this? Why doesn't my family do this? This is so good for everybody. It feels great. And then I started going around and you know, back back in that time, kind of seeing what was available for yoga. And I saw how divisive even the different yoga schools were from each other. And I thought, oh, okay, this is why not everybody goes because there's little clubs and cliques and things like that. So when I decided, okay, I want to share this because I'm so passionate about it, I knew right away I was sharing it in a way that was quite different than all of these other schools, you know, you'd go to the school and then you'd follow exactly how they do it and then kind of be a carbon copy of the person that came before you. And I thought, well, this isn't getting anywhere. This isn't getting my friends involved. So, you know, I just started to lead yoga in a way that, you know, I, I kind of thought maybe my friends would want to come and then more people started coming and people would say, wow, this actually is yoga, but it feels good to me and it feels comfortable and how you're doing this f- makes me feel welcomed here. So, you know, it, it wasn't really a, something I planned, but I also knew that I was, I really wanted to do something that, that wasn't dogmatic, that was about the essence of yoga, but, but really matching that with the essence of each person. So people didn't feel like, you know, they, they were good or bad at yoga. They could feel like themselves and, and really kind of level that playing field for everyone. 
Yeah, I think when when people think about um, some form of movement, maybe it's an exercise or they want to do some sort of fitness. I think in the beginning, uh, I think the system is so rigid, like you had said, and people end up, they get into it, but then they 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 fall away because you know either like oh, I can't do this, I'm 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 not making any any headway, or this is too hard, and instead of just taking one moment at a time, and I think the first thing people should do is just make sure you're enjoying it. Because yeah. if you're not, then you're not going to get anything out of it. Because if you're not enjoying it, in a way, you're actually becoming rigid. Oh my gosh. I mean, you are so wise. <laughs> that's, that's the whole thing. That's, that's everything I've ever tried to share with anybody right there. You know, it's, that's, that's the truth. You know, if, if it doesn't feel fun for you, if it's not enjoyable, then you're just not going to do it and it's not helping you in the process. Yeah, and see, ladies and gentlemen, I learned that in less than half an hour. So <laughs> you can too. So <laughs> I'm not the guru here. Ty- no, Tara you are. is. And she- <laughs> you know, you I've are. talked to uh, countless of people, but uh, I, I'm actually, I actually enjoy this conversation with you and learning because, you know, I know like my my daughter just loves yoga and. And, and it's not, you know, it's like what you said, you know, she doesn't look at it like, oh, you know, let me hold this pose for 30 minutes and let me form myself into a pretzel. And mm-hmm. wow, this is great. But it's it's really, you know, she looks at it as this is a way of improving overall health oh, and, 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 and not trying to, you know, like, oh, I got this pose down. Let me take a selfie for Instagram. It's nothing like that. Yeah. And, you know, and then that causes another problem too. But uh, yeah. that's a whole another story for another day. But for you, Tara, what is your favorite piece of advice uh, from your book, Clean Mind, Clean Body? I think I said that right, or did I get it backwards? Clean Mind, Clean Body. I did say that right. That uh, that you like to use most w- with your family. Well, I think your daughter's doing it right, and she has the best advice there. You know doing things because they make you feel better and they're good for your overall well-being. And, you know, that's what I love about sharing all of the East Asian practices, really, whether it's meditation, yoga, and Tai Chi, and Ayurveda. These, are, these aren't things to be scared of. They're beautiful sciences that you can take into your life and just like your daughter, make them feel like you. Use what works for you and you know, understand what, what's easy to understand for you and know that, you know, you're not in another school of yoga. This isn't, you know, a four year college to, to check off some boxes of knowing everything there is to know about these, these ancient wisdoms and these teachings. It's really, they're there in a way to help you feel better. And, um, you know, maybe if we could all be a little bit more like, like your daughter, then we'll, we'll be all set. Hey, amen to that. And let me ask you this, because I love Chinese traditional Chinese medicine, and you also work with Japanese medicine. Um, Real quickly, what did you notice the difference between the two, and what type of medicine do you like to incorporate? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, the the neat thing about once you start, or once I started learning about not just yoga, but more of the Tai Chi route, I started meeting more people that are you know, shiatsu practitioners and acupuncture practitioners and all of these things. And there's so much crossover with it as well. And 
I, I, I loved learning the, the approach of making contact with another person. How, how I'd, I would always like to use with yoga is just simply leaning on somebody or not pushing them into a pose. Like a lot of, a lot of things that you learn with yoga is, well, get, get further over in that forward bend. But, you know, leaning on somebody so they can essentially decide to move themselves. And that's what I learned from, you know, Chinese medicine and Japanese medicine. It deals with energy of your body, not as something mystical or magical that you can move, but if you can lean on yourself, maybe, maybe you're in a, on a meridian or a special point on your body, but there are special points everywhere. So this idea of energy flows where it needs to go. And there's no um, one button that does one thing. I mean, there's this um, cool point on the bottom of your foot, right below the, the ball of your foot, where you go up onto your tippy toes, where if you lean into it, I like to call it the reset button. It's a Japanese shiatsu point because I can't remember all of the names and I don't think anybody should have to learn that either unless <laughs> yeah. you want to study it for school. But to me, it feels yeah. like you're, you know, you're turning off your phone and then you maybe turn it back on three days later after this camping trip. But it's really this, this nice point where if you feel more exhausted, it brings your energy up. And if you feel frazzled, it brings your energy down. So, you know, that's kind of the neat thing about Japanese and Chinese medicine, it really deals with that, um, that universal flow of energy in a, in a non-manipulative way. I mean, in the West, we kind of try to get manipulative with everything and try to fix ourselves by, you know, poking and prodding at ourselves, but, but really kind yeah. of work in a more holistic way. Well, your new book, Clean Mind, Clean Body, a 28-day plan for physical, mental, and spiritual self-care comes out this December are there any other things in your work and, and in your world that you're excited about? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I'm enjoying leading yoga with people every day now online, and we've been doing that for, for years anyway, but we have a Strala Yoga app for that, and a lot of people are joining now for the first time because, you know, of everything going on in the world, and we're there six days a week with live classes and have lots of videos and trainings that we do all the time live with people. And, um, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was kind of, you know, bum not to show up in person, but then we really kind of try to take advantage of the time that we have at home. We can rearrange our space and feel better and be in our pajamas and maybe see a little bit of the, of the value of having this time at home to, to practice. And, you know, maybe, maybe use a little bit of this time to, to feel better also. Well, where can everybody get your new book? Uh, anywhere that books are available at all the bookstores and, the indie, indie stores, hopefully your local bookstore can have it or order it and all the digital places too. It's on um, all the iBooks and Kindles and all of those nooks. And I can't keep up with all of those things, but everywhere that those things are. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'm a, I'm a Kindle guy. I mean, oh, cool. I, I, I got tired. I got tired of books being on my shelf. Yeah, so I'm a Kindle sense. guy. So I've got a, a big library inside my Kindle. So oh, that's, that's where great. I am. So ladies and gentlemen, that is where I am going to put Tara Styles' brand new book, Clean Mind, Clean Body, a 28-day plan for physical, mental, and spiritual self-care. And let me tell you something. You've got 28 days. I've got 28 days. And we'll all take the 28 days together, and we can improve ourselves physically, mentally, and spiritually and spiritually and remember you don't have to do this by yourself so you know grab a friend or a family member and do it together create a support group and let's all get healthy together so tara thank you so much for coming on to life changing wellness it's it's been an absolute education and a blast
Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. If I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds and rate the show on iTunes. And you know this is worth five stars. So thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. Just look up Dr. Bond's Life Changing Wellness on any streaming service. You can learn more about me at DrWardBond.com. And thank you for listening to Life Changing wellness and remember something spectacular happens when you treat your body right have a blessed day everyone